Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series, Faith Sees, as we look at what the Bible has to say about your future from God's perspective. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you to the final week of our series entitled Faith Sees. And I want to welcome all of you in McKinney, those of you that are in Hazlitt, our Keller area, And I wanna welcome all of you that have started joining us online. And we're just so glad that you've started joining us for the journey. And we know God wants to meet all of us this weekend as we conclude this series. I, I do want to make sure that we're all clear and that is that we are going to regather in our McKinney campus. Our Hazlitt campus is still just forming but especially at our Keller campus, we're gonna regather. I use that word very specifically because some may say, are we reopening, but we never closed. You have made an impact in your neighborhoods, in your communities. You have made an impact in the lives of people. And so we have stayed active because the church is something that doesn't just gather in a physical location We are the church, but we are going to regather physically because that's what scripture tells us, that God does something when we gather physically. And so I know you have some questions about that. We're gonna be putting out more and more information to help you. You can go to our website at milestonechurch.com. Many of you probably ask a few basic questions. We're gonna have our regular service times in Keller and McKinney. And we're going to have full childcare, but we're asking you these first few weeks to help us out a little bit so that we can make preparation for children with some pre-registration. Now, I want to say as well that there are some of you that are not comfortable yet, and some of you have some reasons. You have some maybe some health concerns yourself. Maybe you have a person living with you, you have a child, you have an uncle, you have a family member, your parent. And so for whatever reason, you're not quite ready. I wanna be very clear that that's okay. We're here, we're, we're ready, we're gonna start worshiping together. And as we continue to progress, as the time is right, and I want you to know as your pastor, I'm concerned for your safety as well, and we're gonna take this journey together. That's what we do as a spiritual family. And those of you that have started joining us online and it's not possible for you to join us at our physical locations, I'm going to continue to speak to you and to share with you. And those of you that are gonna be a little delayed in gathering with us, I'm gonna continue to speak a specific message to you in the setting that you're in so that you feel and know that you're part of what God's doing here at Milestone Church. I wanna tell you something that we can all participate in, something that we can all share in in some way or another, and that is something that's coming up on July the 11th. It's something we celebrate every year, we get excited about. It's called Serve Day. You're going to hear us talking about this. We're going to give you some more details. Uh, A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of our summer things uh, had to be canceled. And so one of the things that we know we can rally around is this initiative. We have about 100 projects. You can serve. You can give. We can participate. It's something that you can participate in and do, even on an organic level. And we're going to coach you on some of those things And one of the things we say here at Milestone Church is we're in every one church, and so this is something that all of us can participate in, okay? 
It's such interesting times. I'm so excited about this final message in our series. I hope it helps you. I hope it helps us as we're walking this journey out. Uh, we're all at different places. We, we need to have a little more grace for one another. You know, we're all, we're all in different places in the journey. You know, I'm a pastor, so I'm a student of people and I watch as we start re-engaging, as I started going to different stores for the first time. And, you know, you, you have to figure out, is there the requirement for a mask? My wife has some masks. I mean, everyone's debating that. Look, let's just have some grace for each other. If you have a mask, if you don't have a mask, um, I, I, I've in, interacted. It's weird because I'm, I'm a people person. In 25 years, I've stood outside of some type of auditorium. This is the longest period of time where I haven't done that. I feel like a fish out of water. I've shaken thousands of hands. And so uh, I, I like to engage with people, but I find myself going down the aisle wondering if anybody else is on the aisle. Well, I'll tell you what I have learned about myself. Here's what I really want. The, the danger of all this is it kind of appeals to our selfish nature. What I really want is to be able to go do what I want and everyone else get out of my way, you know, like make this my aisle, you know. Everyone has now come back to driving on the roads, at least here in Texas, and it's kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe some of y'all should stay in quarantine, and then we don't have to wait on you. So what I've learned about myself is that, just like you probably, we kind of see the world a lot of times through the lens of what benefits us alone. And I'm not speaking to health concerns or the debate of that, please, don't, don't, don't misunderstand. What I am saying is, we don't want to pick up along the way in our journey some negative things where we start kind of looking at life in a selfish way because when we begin to only look at ourselves, we think immediately that it benefits us, but over time, we find ourselves discouraged. We find ourselves not fulfilled, not happy. And so we, we start looking at our needs according to scripture. And that's really what this series is about. I'm going to ask you, ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 13. We're going to begin in that. It's a powerful story. It has Jesus. It has seeing. It has some powerful things. Here, here's the, if you're just joining us for the first time, you can go online and watch the messages. But here's what this Faith Sees series has been all about, and that is this, that the Bible has a lot to say about not just physical sight, but spiritual insight. The ability to see things from God's perspective, that's what the Word of God does, that's what these stories do. And what we've learned about ourselves in this series is, a lot of times the things that we're experiencing, the place we're at in our soul, has a lot to do with how we see life. And we've learned that we have a tendency to see it wrong. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 has been our anchor verse for we, we live by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. Does that mean that we don't have practical ability to deduce and determine and look at things? No, but we also have to see things from God's perspective. Let me give you some highlights from the series because I want you to take away everything we've learned in this unprecedented time and in this journey and in this series because it's so important and we can carry it with us to the next storm that we're gonna face. What you see affects what you feel, which determines what you do. We've learned that. What you see affects how you feel and that'll determine 
how you live, what you do. We didn't just pull this out of thin air. Jesus is the one who said in Matthew 6, that the eye, he's talking about spiritual eyes, is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, if you're looking at the right things, if you're anchored to the right truth, your whole body will be full of light. Your life will begin to align with what you see. Here's what else we've learned. God can open your eyes to see what he sees. Now, now God is bigger than us, his ways are above ours, but, but, but we, are, we are able through the person of Jesus Christ to get the mind of Christ, to get the perspective of God even though we're a natural being, he can illuminate to us and we can begin to see not everything he sees, but we can see so much from his perspective because he's revealed himself to us. So he wants to open our eyes. We learned that whatever we look at as our source, we start to worship. Whatever we see as it having the ability to provide for what we're afraid of, we will begin to exalt, we will begin to worship. How you see God determines how you see yourself and that will determine how you live. How you view yourself will be largely determined by how you see God. We learned that in the series. When what you see, this was last week, we, we learned this, when what you see hasn't changed, you're still praying for that kid to, to get that revelation of Jesus, to come home, that prodigal. You're, you're still praying over that financial situation. You're still praying over that dream. And we learned that you can trust God to do his part, that he really is concerned about your life, but you also, you have to be ready to know and to do your part. The Bible says faith, don't miss this in this series. Faith is not just a concept Faith without action is not real faith. It's dead faith. So I'm gonna finish this series and if you will, I'm gonna share with you some anchor concepts. I began to think about it this week. I thought, you know, this is kind of my, my last message in this series. It's my last message at a transition place in this time period we've been in. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna share with you this week, if it were my last message, I'd probably go to these concepts that I'm talking about. What I'm telling you is so, so, so very important. I wanna to talk to you this week about how you go from a moment of discouragement, a season of depression, anxiety, discouragement, worry, fear, to building and living and walking in and learning even how to create a culture of faith in your life a sustained lifestyle. And I'm gonna tell you, it's so important, so important. We have fielded thousands of prayer requests during these last several weeks. I've personally talked to lots of people. Our pastors on our team have shared with me, talking with people who said, I know you told us to get engaged with the word. I know you told us to find a small group. I know you told us that we need to have a real relationship with God. I know you told us all that. And it's like, now all that's coming back. And I, I know you've been telling us all this. And I'll be honest, a lot of times I think, am I telling you the same things all the time? And I realize I gotta keep telling them to you because we've heard from you. And you've like, I know you've said those things, but here's where I'm at. And I, I, I don't want you to feel any condemnation. I know where you're at. 
And my main goal this week is to tell you how you can get from where you're at to where God wants you to be. You've been isolated. Many of you have been quarantined for a while. You're just now maybe emerging a little bit. Others of you, you've been disconnected. You've been staring at screens. You've been staring at your feed. And you're wondering why you're feeling so anxious, so nervous, so afraid, so uncertain. Counselors we're hearing from, they're packed. There, you have, there's a waiting list for counselors. Suicide is on the rise. Our pastoral team, more than ever, overwhelmed with people that are at the end, that are at the end of the rope. They're discouraged, they don't know what's going on. And here's the deal. I want to, but more than me, the God who loves you wants to see you come out of that place and move forward. You say, okay, I'm in, I'm in, Pastor Jeff. How do we do that? Well, the good news is we've learned in this series, this book is filled with a perspective to help you where you're at. This passage of scripture I love in Luke chapter 24, it's just, it's so powerful. It's just so powerful. And what's happened here is Jesus has died on the cross. Now Jesus lived with his disciples. He ministered to the multitudes. He healed the sick. And what I love about Jesus is he would always also pull aside people and say, look, let me explain to you what's going on. Jesus was consistently working on the perspective of the people around him. He didn't just do stuff, he helped them learn how to interpret it and he helps us today. This Jesus that they had grown to love, that was one who healed, the one that they could touch the hem of his garment and he would heal people, these disciples who were his friends. He's now gone and died on the cross for you and I. He paid a price that we couldn't pay. He came by his grace to us by sacrificing his own life. He's risen from the dead he was continually telling them this is what's going to happen, but now his culture's in an upheaval, this world is in an upheaval, and there's political unrest, and there's, there's racial tension between the Gentiles and the Jews, and those who were his followers, his followers are scared. They're scattered. They're discouraged. They're, they're like, where do we go from here? I can just you know, see God in heaven going, we covered this, but you know, just like them, so are we. God can tell us, look, I'm your hope, I'm faithful, this, and we kind of get back in our world and we're scared and we're scattered. And there they are, they're just, they're just, they're just scattered. And, and, and so Jesus now starts to appear. He starts to show up even after his resurrection. And there's a really interesting story here in this verse of scripture, in these verses, it says it came that same day, two of them, this is after Jesus had already revealed himself to others, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. One of them's name is Cleopas, and we don't know who the other one is. Cleopas, you know, he, he has, this is the only time he's mentioned in the Bible, and so there's these two guys and they're walking towards Emmaus and they're talking and they discuss these things with each other and Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Just really powerful. Here these guys are walking and talking and Jesus just comes up beside them and, and they were kept from recognizing him. So they're not able to see him. 
They're not able to really see him. Not that they can't see him physically. They don't recognize who Jesus is. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? So Jesus just kind of rolls up there and is like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Now let's look at their demeanor. They stood still. Their faces were downcast. Jesus realizes they're scared. They're discouraged. They're depressed. They're downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one? <laughs> this is the only time in the Bible of this guy. It's this humorous. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these, these few days? Like this is like an event that has created massive upheaval and people are scared. And Jesus, I love it. Jesus is like, what things? Tell me about it. Now, He's kind of the main character in the story, but he asked them what happened. He asked them, and it's amazing. I, he, they, they begin to tell Jesus his own story. They begin to preach the gospel to the one who completed the gospel. So Jesus, they, they begin to tell him, but let's jump down just for the sake of time to verse 27. And beginning with Moses, this is what Jesus begins to do with them. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So Jesus sits down with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. I don't know, I don't know if they were a, a flound, Cleopas was there at, the, at the, the, the Passover meal with Jesus, I don't know, but in the same kind of understanding of how he started these final days, now he now breaks bread with them. Their eyes are open recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Powerful. Jesus shows up in their downcast place. They asked each other though, this is one of the most powerful passages in the whole Bible. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and he opened the scriptures to us? They went from downcast, confused, scared, having no hope, to burning with passion. How do you do that? How, how do you live that way? I want you to finish this series with me by not just looking at all these amazing stories of these places where God shows up and does miracles and Jesus tells us that we can change our eyesight and our spiritual understanding. I, I want you to be able to sustain it. I want you to be able to carry it with you. I want you to be able to live in faith with confidence that you are actually able to do this. And so it's very important that you know how to put that culture around your life. It's important you know how to put that culture around your home. You, you're able to, because look, the dominant culture of the world is fear. The dominant culture of the world is an atmosphere that is anti-God. How do you bring a different culture to wherever you are? Because as people of faith begin to get that understanding, when their hearts start to burn within them, what happens is it's transferable. Did you know faith is not just, I'm a member of this religion. 
Faith is a confidence that comes from a faithful God. And here's what's awesome about it. It's transferable. It's transferable. You can begin to inspire and affect and then people begin to own that faith for themselves and they make their own personal decision to follow Jesus and then that faith lifestyle of following him and trusting him, it begins to be transferred. There's a concept called mirror neurons where when babies are born, before they have all the education and all the dialogue and the different things, it's interesting when you look at a baby, when it gets to the place where it can open its eyes and you smile at a baby, it smiles back, unless it has colic or it's, you know, I mean, you want it to smile back. But if it's in a happy, content place, a lot of times you smile at the baby, the baby smiles back. And did you know the baby's not just imitating Scientifically, it's proven the baby is experiencing some of the emotions, feelings, and some of the things going on that's happening. The baby begins to mirror the atmosphere that it's in. I know that's a very basic level, but did you know you will mirror what you're looking at? You will mirror what you're focusing on. You will mirror that, and here's what's being poured out to you, fear downcast, not sure what's going to happen. You say, okay, I got you. How do I actually do it? Well, let's finish this last few moments together. And I want to tell you, we'll just look at what they did. Let's look at what happened because the stories of the Bible are there to be a pattern for us. It's not helpful. It's just not helpful if the Bible tells us this cool thing and their hearts burn within them. But then how can our hearts burn? How, how did they go from that place of all of that? We have these normal ups and downs, and it seems as in this, in this season, the highs are higher, the lows are lower, but how do you do it long-term? How do you get healthy? How do you make the right decision for a long time that's gonna produce a life of faith? And I want you to know, I, I want you to get this, because I'm gonna be transparent with you. There's moments in this, I have weird feelings, fears about my family, fears about my church, fear criticisms and people speaking things. And I had to lean back on some rigor, on some basics, on some foundations. See, the devil wants to come and lie. And in a crisis, he'll prey on your feelings stronger than ever. And he'll really prey on us when we're focused on a whole lot of other things. So what I do, you're like, what do you do, Pastor Jeff? I get just as scared as you sometimes. You know what I do? I lean back on those things. I lean back on those fundamentals. I lean back on what I know to be true because there's a lot going on that I don't even know what is true. I go back to it. So you go, how do you go from a moment of discouragement to not just a moment of, I feel better, but a culture of faith? Number one, it's experiential. People who live, and I'm not saying you don't have bad days. I just was transparent with you. I've had melancholic moments, weird feelings, depressive thoughts. I've had all of that. I know you have too. But, but how do you not just have a moment, you have a culture of faith. People who live in a culture of faith have an experiential relationship with Jesus. Jesus isn't upset with you. Did you know what, in fact, this story tells us? He wants to walk the road with you. He wants to come walk on the road you're walking. He wants to come join you. You're like, oh, you don't know my road, pastor. Jesus knows it. He wants to walk on the road with you. 
And these guys had all the information. They had all the text. They had the, the information. They had the history. They had Moses. They had all of it. They had all the knowledge. But they couldn't recognize him. Isn't it amazing that they began to burn when they experienced Jesus? Forgive me, a lot of my illustrations are food related. During COVID, we've had at my house recipe nights. My daughters cook all kinds of things. We've had food experimentation. I've heard about people in our church that are doing, you know, Zoom cooking classes. I'd like them to bring a portion of that to their pastor of whatever they are cooking. And, but I, I tell you, it, it's, I use that as, that's kind of something we all share and we experience. But it'd be like watching the Food Network, but never eating. This is a lot of people's experience with Jesus. It'd be like watching the Food Network, but never eating. It'd be like you studying a steak. And I don't cook a lot of things great, but I do a pretty good steak. And uh, my kids call it dad's famous steak. So for Mother's Day, for my mom, for my mother-in-law, for my wife, I made a famous steak. And at the end, you know, you put that butter on it. It's kind of drizzling there and stuff. And you can read all kinds of books about steak, but until you take a bite, my mother-in-law took a bite. She said, that's the best steak I've ever had. And I said, thank you, Meemaw. And your banana pudding is the best banana pudding I've ever had. And so it, it, you, you, that's not theory. Is Jesus a theory to you? If he is, you're going to struggle with faith. You know what? You can't fake it. When you get around someone who knows the experiential Jesus, you see it in them. It's not their religious rhetoric. It's their burning. The burning on the inside of them. Why? Because they know him. They don't know everything about him, but they've walked the road with him. They've walked the road with him. You can listen to a million faith messages and still be discouraged if you don't experientially relate to Jesus. The second thing they got in this was revelational. I use that word, it's important. Revelational engagement with the word. I, in my house, just like you, family, together, situations, dialogues, conversations. Here's what I realize in my life as well, people around me, we start with our circumstances. We start with our feelings. We start with the newsfeed. We start with what someone said. We start with our friends' thoughts. My first question is, who told you that? Where did you hear that? Because Jesus starts with the word. Jesus is the word. And there's a lot of people know information about the book, but they don't know the living word. When the living word starts to come engage with your life, your engagement with the written word will change. It'll come alive. You'll begin to see it as your authority. It'll begin to impact every situation you have in your life. Look, we wanna pray for you. We wanna pastor you. We're gonna gather. We're gonna encourage one another. We're gonna do all of that, but nothing will ever replace your ability to go to the word of God and find out what God says about your problems. Find out about what God says. And truth is under assault in our world today. Stuff that we would have believed, we would have called people crazy 10 years ago if they didn't believe it. It's under assault today. And with every chipping away 
of the culture's truth in the word of God comes greater anxiety, greater depression, greater crisis. And I want you to know this. When revelation comes into your life, when it's real to you, when you open that Bible and it's like, that's God talking to me. That's God speaking to me. And it becomes authoritative. Here's what happens. You start to burn. Even when that flame is being suppressed by every family issue you could ever imagine, even when you've lost your job, and it's almost outside of logic, that word starts burning in you and burning away all of those fears. It has the ability to do that. And I'm not just talking about preacher hype here. I'm talking about real rubber meets the road everyday life. Can I tell you a final thing though? If you say, I really want to sustain faith. Like I, again, we're gonna have some ups and downs, but like, how do you sustain it? How do you build the culture? Well, the third part of it is it's relational. You have to be connected to spiritual family. You're like, I didn't read that in the story. Well, if you keep going in the story, because I really want to know what happened to some guys that were walking down the road and met with Jesus and started getting on fire and burning within them and Jesus disappeared. Let me tell you what they did. They went back, it says after that. Luke 24, 33 through 34 says, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11. It's 11 now because Judas is no longer there. And those with them assembled together and, it say, and they say, began to say to them, it is true, the Lord is risen and he's appeared to Simon. And they didn't stop there. As Jesus had instructed them to, all of those people, those disciples, others, about 120, they gathered in the upper room. Did you know we celebrate this weekend, Pentecost weekend? The first time we ever experienced Passover where the Jewish people are under quarantine like the original Passover. In this 50 day period, this 50 Pentecost, we celebrate the moment where this happened. They didn't just stop with burning in that road with Jesus. They went, the 11 came together, 120 came together. They went into an upper room. They started praying together. When they gathered together, the presence of the Holy Spirit came and filled the room and the church was birthed and the church began to gather and meet. They met in homes. They met in gatherings, large gatherings. They began to connect with one another with sincerity and authenticity. And I'm gonna tell you, this faith culture began to move forward. Before you know it, it's penetrating sectors of the culture. Why? Because they had this real understanding experientially of Jesus. They had the truth of his word now, not just archaic sayings about Moses. And they had one another. Do you know the strongest person will struggle in true quarantine? The Bible hasn't changed. God's plan is still for us to long-term live out our faith, we need one another. You need to surround yourself with people that believe God's word, that walk with Jesus on the road, and what begins to happen is the power of God is transferred in those atmospheres. Here, here's what I mean when I say spiritual family. I, I'm, I'm talking about where God's placed you, the people God's called you to walk with. I'm talking about people that are in all different places in the journey. Some of you, you've joined us online and you're like, I've never heard about this Jesus. I've never heard about this Bible. Look, come on in, come to the table. We wanna tell you about him. There's others of you walked with him sometime. There's others of you that are struggling and if different issues, we're different backgrounds. We're different ethnic backgrounds. Let me tell you, any person 
who believes that God doesn't love every single person, every single ethnicity, every single background, every person is not only equal, but get this, when we come into the family of God, we're not just saying, well, you're equal to me, you're joined to me, you're part of me. And so from all those places, we come together. Can I encourage you as a pastor too for just a minute? Everyone processes different. People process different. If you've been married longer than two weeks, you need to know your spouse processes different than you. And so it is in spiritual family. People process different. Everybody's processing at a different pace. Let's have grace for one another in this season. Let's come together. Let's love one another. Let's serve one another. Let's not just be people who talk about, but let's be people who model what it looks like to have the heart of God. And that's the hope that the world's looking for. Again, this weekend's Pentecost weekend. And in that season, there was massive political, ethnic, religious, all kinds of division. But the church came together under the banner of their revelation of Jesus, under the authority of his word, and now empowered by the Holy Spirit at that moment. And it was a game changer. It was a game changer. I wanna, I wanna end with this thought before I pray for you. I'm not using this as a, as a name drop, but um, in my early 20s, I picked up a leadership book by John Maxwell. Radically changed my life. It's, it's, it was, it, you just have certain things that just impact you. And I read this book on leading through influence and, and being a, a, a person of integrity, being a leader of character and navigating the course. And a lot of what I do today, a lot of probably one of the most challenging leadership times as a pastor that we've ever had. I lean back on some of those principles. They're biblically based. But over the last few years, John becoming more of a mentor to me and being able to talk with him and reach out to him. While I was recently with him, and we were in the room there with a few others and he started talking about reflection. You know how when sometimes people talk and they teach, you get something, but sometimes people say something and it's, impart, it's an impartation. And he started talking about the power of reflection. He said something like this. We look back before we look forward or ahead because reflection is the process that turns experience into insight. That's really what we've been trying to do in this series is not just have an unprecedented experience, but gain the biblical insight into what we're experiencing. Because we don't wanna just have an experience, we wanna have evaluated experience that changes us by the word of God. So this week I did a little reflecting and I wanna pray for you where you are. I'm just sharing with you, I did a little reflecting and there's been some good things about this season that we're in. Do you know there's some good things about slowing down and having some things canceled? Gives you a little time to reflect, a little time to think. All of us may have done some things that we wanted to do but haven't been able to do. We've had some more engagement with people. There's some of that that's, that's good, it's healthy, it's something we should incorporate into our lives more is a little more time to breathe so that we can receive from what God has for us. For me, it's been good because it really questions what you really believe and it's caused me to kind of go back to a lot of basics, you know. I've been doing on the Daily Word, Proverbs, you know. Guard your heart, fix your eyes. A lot of those basic things. 
You know another thing that I reflect on in this that's always something that recurs and that is that Jesus' church is resilient. When he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, those words are true. And in my journey over and over, I kind of go, well, man, this one, oh, wow. I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know, man. Whoa, whoo, ha. Let me tell you something, you can bank on it. Jesus' church is alive, well, his plan and his purpose in the earth. The church is resilient. And even with major challenges, we rally. Can I tell you some things that I'm worried about during this time? The heightened awareness that we have of the things in our world and the time that's given us to maybe hyper-focus on things that may not be beneficial and get a little bit dragged emotionally in some things and the intensity of that. The need for healthy perspective. I've been sharing with our pastors that we gotta be on our game. As we begin to re-engage, you know, for 12 weeks, the distance and proximity to the things that create health, we as pastors gotta lead people back to what brings them to a healthy place. You know what else I've learned? And I wanna say this, I'm not condemning any of you that this may take you six months, three months, two months. Do not hear what I'm not saying, please. You're part of our family. You're part of our family. In fact, I know some of you, you would join in immediately, but you can't. Maybe you have a child, like one of our key leaders here today. He said, he has a child, I know his child. I've sat with him in a coffee shop and cried because I have an immunocompromised child. So I understand the fear there, his child being even more serious with the health issues. And, and so, so, you know, talking with Pastor Steve, David, they says, look, I wanna come pastor, but I have this. So look, there's grace. We're all part of the family. But let me also say, in a world that's like, oh, it's over, everything's just gonna be digital. No, 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 no. Proverbs 18 says, if you're isolated, you're raging against the wisdom of God. You're raging against all sound judgment. And so here's what I'm saying to you. What I've shared with you over these last few minutes, we're more committed to than ever. And you know, if you wanna live a life of faith, you need to grab a hold of them for yourself because over time, if you're gonna sustain that culture, this Bible has withstood famine, pestilence, plague, problem, and it's still true. And we can count on God's plan. I wanna pray for you if you're someone out there right now who says, I wanna experience Jesus. I want him to walk the road with me. Well, if that's you, you can pray with me right now. I want you to just join me in a simple prayer by just simply saying, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I may, you may know about him, you may know nothing about him, but you're saying, Jesus, I wanna confess you as Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead. Come into my heart, I wanna receive you today. If you prayed that prayer with me, you prayed and you received Jesus, or, or, or maybe you still have some questions. Maybe you're just still working it out and you wanna know what it means to follow Jesus, simply do this for me. Text, meet Jesus to that number on the screen. And we have a team of people, we have some resources, a book I wrote called Closer. We wanna get it to you wherever you're at in your journey. But I wanna pray for some of you as well. There, there, there's some of you out there that are struggling. You're, you're in that discouraged place and, and God wants to take you from discouraged to a place where your heart's burning. And so Jesus, I pray, I, I pray, Lord, Lord, where there's 
where there's tension in homes, where there's, where there's people, Lord, that are so fearful or discouraged, whatever it is, I'm praying you go beyond my words. Lord Jesus, would you join them on the road? Some of you out there, you know what you need to say if you're in that place? Jesus, join me on the road that I'm on. Join me, open your word up to me. I receive you today. And if you have any need, our team wants to help you. You can, you can text us and we wanna reach out to you. If you have any prayer, if you just wanna text prayer, just simply text that to that number on the screen and we have a team of people ready to follow up with you and, and help you. Here's the final thing I wanna say to you. Next week, we are going to start gathering together physically, but we're also gonna gather online and I have a special message. I'm gonna speak directly to you online. And then I'll obviously speak to all of you that can gather with us. We look forward to seeing you. We're gonna talk about how to discover our design, how God's made us, because when we know how he's made us, we have the motivation to do what he's called us to do. And so I'll pray for you, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the ability to see from your perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do for you or help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.